A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The Race for the Ring, episode 124. Toxic to Tremendous with Christy Piper. Welcome to The Race for the Ring, the podcast about dating and embracing self-love and inner confidence. I'm your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, two-time author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and soon-to-be psychotherapist. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In an age of online swiping and in-person meetups, I found the world of love and lust has been a confusing place to be. So each week, we will chat with a different dating king or queen, socialite, or relationship expert and explore the many facets of dating today and come up with our clear plan on how to find the finest fish in the sea. Ready, set, go! Hey guys, welcome back to the Race for the Ring. Today we're talking about toxic relationships and how you can turn your mindset around so that you don't fall prey to them. We've talked about toxic relationships many times here on the Race for the Ring, but this conversation is different. My guest, Christy Piper, shares very candidly her own backstory, her own experiences with some very unhealthy partners, and how she was able to self-teach her narrative, change her narrative, I should say, so that she became healthier and then was able to find basically what I'm calling the love of her life. At least she's in a very healthy, happy relationship right now. And she works with women just like you and me. Um, and men too, if, if there's some men listening to this episode, certainly, um, find their true self, basically, you know, reframe their minds and the voices we tell ourselves and things like that so that you aren't vulnerable to these really toxic relationship um, traps. So a little bit about Christy. 
Um, as I said, she's self, she's self-taught. She's a coach. So she certainly has um, credentials behind her as well. But she was able to kind of like navigate her own choppy water and get herself out of that very unhealthy mindset. So she was forced, as I said, to handle a dysfunctional personal and professional relationships with her own two hands. She developed strategies along the way to help rise above those circumstances and then eventually push through the obstacles that were getting in her way and now uses her knowledge and experiences to help and strengthen um, women, predominantly some men to learn about resilience and obviously believing in themselves to say the least. So without further, oh, last part, sorry. She's also the author, I cannot believe I was about to not share this part, the author of Girl, You Deserve More, How to Break His Spell Over You, Escape Your Toxic Partner and Become Independent, which she talks all about how to get out of narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships overall. And that's available on Amazon. So without further ado, we're going to get right to the convo with Christy. Hi, Christy. Welcome to the Race for the Ring. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks, Mindy. How are you? Yeah. Oh, I'm good. Thanks for asking. I'm a little tired today, but that's fine. You know, I had a COVID second booster shot a couple of days ago, and I've not been the same from <laughs> since. But well, every day is a little better. I just had like an odd reaction, but it's Hopefully <laughs> more information than you wanted, but I'm good for that. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how you became Christy Piper. I know you're um, a journalist. You write a lot. You have a book. So we talk a little bit about your book, and I love the title, Girl, You Deserve More, How to Break His Spell Over You, Escape Your Toxic Partner, and Become Independent. Um, so let's get into, I guess, what prompted you to write the book, and how did you get into this coaching um, space overall with relationships and things like that? Yeah, so I always knew I wanted to write a book, and I didn't know which one I wanted to start with initially, but when I started thinking about it, I felt like this would actually help the most amount of people. And so that's why I decided to start with this one. Um, That and a lot of people ended up, you know, coming to me, asking me about toxic relationships and, you know, just for their own advice or just for knowledge. And I realized I had accumulated so much knowledge from studying uh, my own situations and getting out of that in the past that. I realized, wow, like I've become an expert in this, so I may as well share the knowledge. Absolutely. Life experience makes us experts for sure. Kate, would you be okay to share um, a little bit about some of the toxic relationships you've experienced in the past and how you were able to find the courage to leave them? Because that's super difficult once you're, you know, in it to so easy for the outsider to be like, oh, just leave, or even, not to say this with you, but domestic violence especially, too, it's obviously the ultimate of the toxic, well, I guess that's not true, because it would be like, uh, you know, verbally, so this is not the same in terms of damage, but it's easy for the outsider to look in and say, you should leave, how could you stay, aren't you strong, but it's not that easy, right? Right, and it's, 
interesting you bring up the domestic violence versus verbal abuse because depending on who you talk to the definition for domestic violence like definitely verbal abuse is part of that oh sure yeah i know i guess i was just thinking physical when i said it but you're absolutely right well it's yeah it's funny because um you know some shelters or just like organizations they will only consider it domestic violence if it's physical which is interesting Oh, that is interesting. That's unfortunate because the other can be quite devastating to say the least. You may not have a bruise on the outside. They can really mess you up with your mind, depression, and all Yeah, stuff. I think a lot of it has to do with like funding issues, just like how it's outlined in their funding. But I think a lot of that's actually changing now that these topics are coming out in the open because before, yeah, it was easier to tell, like, hey, this person was physically abused, but now, um, more people are talking about the mental aspect of it and how detrimental that can be to people as well. So can you share a little bit about your backstory? Are you okay to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. hey, it's, you know, okay. in detail, it's in the book, so <laughs> it's already out okay, there. Right. Ahead. So, um, yeah. Um, the first long-term relationship I was in, um, I ended up, I was with him. I met him in grad school and you know, he started out really nice, of course, and my parents liked him and, you know, he, he checked the right tick box. He ticked the right check boxes. Like, Hey, he's getting a PhD. Like he's really smart. He's from a good family, whatever that means, you know? Um, yeah. So I just thought, you know, this makes sense. Like this is kind of the first guy that my parents like seems really bought into. So, um, you know, he wanted to get married, but I, I felt like something was kind of off. And he was like, why don't you move to New York City with me? I got this job. And I was like, gosh, uh, I don't know. Like, that's a pretty big decision. But I think deep down, I knew um, it wasn't right. And so I... What was some of the things that made you feel that it was off? Can you explain what you mean by that? Oh, wow. Yeah. So... <laughs> one of the things I remember saying, I mean, it was hard to like put my finger on it because he was very smart about it and he wasn't as obvious as the second guy. So, which I'll tell you about later. Um, but one of the things was like that I could definitely put my finger on was that I told him like, don't ever like call me names or like, curse at me or that's kind of it like I don't think, I think if you were having an argument or something like that yeah 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 he'd fight he would fight kind of me well at first he what yeah. he wouldn't but after I told him that like a couple months later he started um just yeah like it it was like really sudden too and I was just like oh my god I thought I just told him like 
No, I, never to do that. To do that. And yeah. he like started doing it all laugh. the time. Yeah. He doesn't care what you say. He's just going to do what he wants, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and another like mistake I made um, was that I moved in with them really quickly. Like I just. Oh, you, so did you go to New York? You did do that? Oh, no. Okay. So in Florida, when we went, we were in grad school, um, we moved. Okay. I just moved in with them like really fast because like uh, he kind of like suggested it or it just kind of happened that way. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, another thing, this is like kind of embarrassing, but I was actually yeah. like with another guy at the time. And I just thought, um, you know, I didn't really want to be with them. And maybe I was looking for like a way out, if that makes sense. I without see. Like, like he was said, he helped you escape that other relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though the other guy was like a good guy, he was actually a, a really great guy. He just, I just felt like long term he wasn't for me. Right. Well, that happens. It's not chemistry. Did you have a lot of chemistry with this other guy that was um, a toxic guy? Yeah, yeah. So he was like totally, um, yeah, one on one, he was very charismatic. Mm. Yeah. So what would you classify him as unofficially? Would you consider him a narcissist? He yes, he, he is definitely a narcissist, but a very sophisticated one. So there's definitely like levels and he was like a very high level sophisticated narcissist, very smart. He did things um like very slowly so you know, he covered all his tracks. Um yeah. What were some of the four, if you could name like four big things that he did that were toxic, what would that be? Obviously, calling you names, like bad names, it sounds like, and cursing at you. So it was the meeting. Um, did he cheat on you? Did he, like, lie? Like, what are some of the other things that you would say were disturbing in that relationship? Okay, so something that... Um... I wouldn't have, like, believed, I would have never believed, like, he would do this because he always talked a lot about integrity, like, having integrity. He loved talking about that. So he, um, he said he was helping me with my computer and he ended up, um, like, copying my entire hard drive onto his or something and being able to find out, like, my passwords. And he was, like, reading, oh my God. going through and reading all my emails. Yeah. <gasps> After oh, he moved God. to New York, because I didn't like go with him initially, <laughs> but he wanted to, like, keep tabs on me, and so, like, he was reading my emails, and he, like, knew things that I was talking to my friends about, um, and, like, That's I knew creepy. there was, like, no way he could have found out, so I was just, like, you know, just little weird personal things, so I'm just, like, oh, no, that I don't know why you would think that, and then he's just, like, he had to tell me, like, he saw the email, and I'm, like, whoa. Oh my God. So how did you find out, how did you finally leave? Like what was the thing that pushed you over the edge, so to speak? Okay. So fast forward, like I did eventually. How long were you with him? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I eventually ended up moving to New York with him like, um, a couple years later. Okay. And honestly, like I wasn't in like the greatest, um, like I was having like, there was a lot of issues with my family and I felt like, um, like nobody had my back at the time. And so he was like, 
coming into the rescue he was like sending me money yeah. which i didn't necessarily need but like he sent me money and he's just like always calling me and he's like oh how are you doing are you okay and i just felt like wow this person really cares about me like mm-hmm. i think i um i was in school at the time and i was talking to like a counselor there just like my decision to leave the school or not because like just a lot of stuff was happening and they were like wow um this guy seems like he really cares about you. I think you should really just move out there with him. So, like, they didn't even see the red flags. Like, they, they didn't, didn't know. They should not have given you that advice. Yeah, they don't know. Like, yeah, I know. Uh, well, whatever. Okay. But, I mean, so here's the thing. Like, the external things that they do for some of them, like, they're so caring. Like, who, like, goes out of their way to send you, like, money and calls you and checks up on you and it seems so nice like that's the thing to an outsider like it seems very caring yeah yeah was that after he yelled and cursed at you because he did that before right and then he yeah absolutely like back and forth like (laughs) teeter potter kind of in terms of his the way he would treat you yeah yeah um and then like another thing about him is like he would sort of just say he was in um like he just was like he would always act like he was in a bad mood but then he'd be like that's just my personality but like looking back on it it was to keep me like not feeling good because like I felt like that was wrong like I'm like well I don't really like that personality he's like well this is me accepting you know and I just um I felt bad a lot of the time and then like if I tried to like hug him which of course in the beginning he was like all for it but then eventually like if I would try to like hug him or be um affectionate with him like he was all about withholding and he's just like I'm just not an affectionate person but I'm thinking you were in the beginning and so that's like just another like emotional abuse tactic and I would I would like get really sad about it and it sounds dumb but it's like if I try to like hold his hand or something he'd be like I don't like holding hands in public and he'd just like yeah like can I Ew, like, it sounds awful is this this so this all happened when you moved to new york um it got a lot worse in new york like but yeah i would think so because at that point you're sort of at his mercy kind of had you you know you had you in a kind of area where you didn't have i mean i'm guessing i don't know like you didn't have as many friends your family was not there like you didn't have your support so he can sort of manipulate you even more so it sounds like so then how did you finally leave because i would imagine it was probably even more difficult since you moved to new york and you were living with him in a strange place if you will yeah um (laughs) it was a lot more difficult to leave and you know everything's a lot more expensive in new york and sure (laughs) you know it's like you have to have like um first month's rent last month's rent like it's basically like three plus months of rent plus a deposit or something that's like 10 grand yeah i live in new york it's a fortune (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes 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 all of that yes yeah and so um you know, minimum. And so and I, I didn't want to leave it, live in a crappy place. Like, to be honest, like, maybe I could have um, found somewhere cheaper. But like, I didn't, I didn't want to sacrifice that, you know, like, I liked living in a, a decent place. And, and mm-hmm. besides that, like, when you're in this type of like, relationship, your your mind is kind of closed to possibilities, because they become like your dominant, um, like the person who 
has the most influence on you and like the things they say to you you really believe it and then like you get sure. fearful yeah and you don't like right. don't so how long how long were you in new york uh christy and then how did you leave him would you say um i was probably i probably ended up leaving like two and a half years in leaving him and oh, like wow. yeah okay. and like to be honest like i like things had just gotten like really unbearable and i was like spending the night at like friends houses sometimes yeah or, to get away yeah and so, like, one night, um, or actually, like, once, I stayed, like, two nights in a row. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wasn't answering his messages or something. And so he just, um, <laughs> he, like, cut off. Like, we had, like, a joint credit card. Or well, he paid for it. Oh, my it. God, he cut you off? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was, like, stuck. Like, I didn't have, like, I don't know if I even had cash on me. Like, maybe a few dollars. Like, I had, like... Oh. Oh, and I had my own credit card, but like not on me. I don't carry all my stuff on me. So I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and then he's just like, I was like, uh, the card's not working. I have to get home on the subway. He's like, uh. That's why he did that because he wanted me to respond to him. So what, how did you finally leave? Like, what, Oh, so what, he so kicked me like, out. Outcome? Like that day he kicked me out. He's like, yeah, you're not welcome oh, back he, here. Oh, he kicked you out? <laughs> yeah. He broke up with you? Yeah, he did. So like, oh, well, that's, that's why rare. Narcissists usually don't do that, they, do they? They don't, but like, um, well, okay. So they they can sometimes if they think that you're definitely gonna leave them, they will definitely try oh, to leave you first. They don't want the rejection. Absolutely. So then, so so that was it. Did he cut off contact at that point? Did you speak to him at all? Did he try to get you back? Yeah. So at first he was like oh yeah, I cut off that card. So now you know how it feels. And he just was like, um, okay. So I was talking, I was talking to another guy. Um, I, I wasn't going to leave him for him. He like, right. the guy was trying to get me to, um, and I was just like, no, um, you know, I was friends with him though. And of course he was, he was just being like a really nice guy. He wasn't trying to like, he didn't try to pressure me to do anything really um at least like directly but like he was like always like there for me like that's the thing it's like if they know that you're in a tough situation like or you're they can kind of sense like they kind of like will suss out people who aren't um whether it's like family issues financial job anything or all of the above like they will like somehow know to hone in on it and like this guy like he he started like Actually, I met him through, um, like, meetup.com. Well, like, yeah, mm-hmm. so, like, that's how I started finding new friends in the city when I first moved there. And so yeah. I'd go to some of these yeah. meetups, and he would just, like, uh, find all the ones that I went to <laughs> somehow and, like, start going. To- he, like, met me Is at he one your of- next toxic relationship? Yeah, he, he was. He was. He was. Uh, and so, oh. like, when this first guy kicked me out, like, I really had nowhere else to go. But this guy was like... Oh hey, uh, you know you can you can just stay with me. <laughs> so he kind of got what he wanted oh, yeah. anyway. It's gonna be your knight in shining armor, like rescue. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so that you were with him, I guess, for a while, and then you broke up with him. Okay. Well, okay. So check it out. After like, okay, so the first guy was he like was like, you're gonna know how this feels, like you're gonna have to apologize to me like you're gonna have to make it up this is the first guy saying that yeah and then he like was like yeah and so like I kind of was like okay um 
I'm done. Like, that's fine. I don't want to come back. I mean, I was like really like shocked. So I was like upset, but I was like, you know, that it was done that way. I'm like, I don't know if I'll see my dog again. <laughs> I don't know if I'll see my stuff uh, again, you know? And so I'm yeah. like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I was just like honest with them. Like, you know what? I don't want to come back. Like, I, I don't think I want to come back. <laughs> and after like a couple weeks, he like calmed down. He's like, you know what you're you know because i i did tell him like you know what you you would become unbearable like you hadn't had sex with me in years and so i finally like when he tried like the la the final time i was like oh and then if he did do it he would like do it before he was going on like a, a business trip or leaving town like just to like ensure that like i wouldn't like uh, be with yeah. somebody else while he's going. you think he was cheating on you um emotionally yes like he had yeah. this girl like that we kind of both knew um from grad school and she, he i feel like she was kind of like obsessed with him but she wasn't that attractive and so he would always be like oh her i would never go out with her she's not attractive and but <laughs> like, sounds like an awesome guy oh my god he's being honest like he's being honest yeah. but like he would love all the like she would always she probably texted him like every single day and she yeah. you know like telling i mean she gets other guys but she'd be like oh it was another bad date and i'm just like like he would just always She's be the one comforting her and like looking back on it like it was like yeah i mean he was definitely emotionally cheating um i found pictures of his Oh, okay this is like really weird but he was like taking pictures of like all these other random women and i was like Ew. why do you why like in the airport i'm like why are you taking pictures of, like all these women secretly it's kind of creepy yeah it sounds like a creep all right let's <laughs> change the subject all right so so you had your fill of bad boys so to speak and now i know you said before we hit record you're in a healthy relationship so let's talk a little bit about how you use your backstory to help um, women. I, that's your audience for the most part, right? You're working predominantly with females. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. How do you help them kind of navigate the toxic relationships, find the courage to leave, and also seek out healthier relationships? Like what are maybe some of, what are some of the things you work on with some of your clients? mindset and limiting beliefs is huge i mean that's you know they've had most of them have been surrounded by um honestly i don't want to say the wrong people because some people get like a little bit um you know because i mean there's varying degrees of toxicity and we all have it in us to some degree like almost every single person but like probably like their environment growing up it started with that and so like their parents even if their parents were loving like they're they might not have known like their parents could have been narcissists or they could have been loving but either way like they weren't able to like teach them the boundaries and the self-worth that they need in order to have and attract and keep healthy relationships a lot of the time and so that's a huge part of it okay so what are some of the skills you work on with them to try to like correct that pattern if you will yeah so being able to stand up for themselves and just changing a lot of the beliefs in their minds like we all have stories we tell ourselves about situations, events, you know, the things we do every day. And oftentimes, the more we have to repeat something to ourselves, the more it's probably not even true. 
We're just trying to justify it. And so being able to identify that is just so key to like changing, you know, your own patterns and your own decisions. Interesting. I was in a relationship once and um, I don't want to get into details about it, but I remember the various big moments, if you will, through the time of this person, I recognized it was unhealthy. It was very unhealthy for me. And I was just sad. I wanted to end it. Like, I knew it wasn't right. And then I would sort of talk myself out of that idea and sort of justify that it was going to be okay and that the person was going to be okay for me and all of that. And then I felt an instant feeling of safety and comfort, but it was like all in my mind, I think. Like, is that sort of what you find with your your people? I stayed very long. I stayed much longer than I would ever stay now. And it's a situation similar to that because I'm a different person because of that. And we all grow from our trauma and happiness and all of that. But um, anyway, I guess my point was, do you find that sort of people like kind of like rewriting their narratives so that they like you say, are justified to stay in these, like, toxic relationships. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah, and it's the thing is, like, it kind of stays with them even after they leave. They're not even, even if they knew, like, okay, it was wrong now, like, they still don't know all the layers that um, those beliefs are still holding on to that they have to, you know, shed in order to have new, healthier beliefs in order to, you know, actually meet somebody new, have a better life. Because it's not just about having like a healthy relationship, like finding someone healthy. It's about becoming healthier, like yourself and just, you know, everything in your life kind of lining up for you. How are you able to change your narrative that you told yourself before so that you were in a healthier place? Oh. Did, you, did you see therapy? Like, did you do cognitive behavioral therapy? Like, stuff like that? To be honest, I kind of just did it myself. Well, okay, I did it myself. Okay. Um, uh-huh. I read a lot. I, um... You read a lot of psychology books? Motivational books? Yeah. So part of reprogramming your mind is actually like, so like the negative voices in your head, like, especially from being in a toxic relationship, like, you're going to have to counteract that with like positive voices, like things that, you know, open your mind to possibilities instead of closing that closing it and things that motivate you instead of demotivating you and putting you down. And so even just like listening to, you know, really inspirational speeches by like some of the highest performing people or most inspirational people are, um, are so key. You know, they say you're the five people you surround yourself with. Well, those voices can be like some of your five people if you don't have them in your real life. Oh, that's a great, that's great. So just like the people that you're like watching maybe on YouTube that are uplifting and they're sharing positive messages or a great book or podcast that you're listening to just to sort of give you that validation. Is that what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even just validation. A lot of it is, um, it's not even like personal validation. Like you kind of have to do that for yourself. 
Yeah, it's yeah. just even like the voices you hear every day. I mean, if you're hearing people like, um, you know, like negative, like, oh, you can't do that. Or even just like saying like anything negative about like, oh, the weather sucked or, you know, like just yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Any, like, pe- yeah. like these kind of people, just like anything that you they could observe in life, like it could be positive, negative or neutral. And they somehow have a way of turning it all negative. And so you start thinking that that is, um, that, yeah, that's normal. And so that's how you start to think. And then of course that leads to not feeling good. And so like, you know, turning it to positive, like mostly positive thoughts is like really important. Just the way you even reframe things. It's like the same exact thing could be happening, but just saying it in a different way to yourself is just like, really key that's smart so like if you're having a bad morning or a bad day even kind of like instead of like constantly going into your head about all the horrible things that are going wrong focus on the things that maybe be could have gone worse or and that they're not and so that's a positive or the uplifting things that are coming down the pipeline later on in the day or something like that well it's funny like i don't even think like that anymore so you know, I, it's my belief now that we can choose if we're having a great day or a horrible day. It it doesn't matter like what's going on around you. Those are all, all external things. And it's up to us to kind of keep it together internally. So we choose how those outside of outside events affect our mindset. And like, yeah, of course there could be bad things happening, but it's like, it all depends on how you kind of look at it. Like if you say like, okay, like this person said this horrible thing to me or um, this thing happened or this application got rejected. Like, I just, instead of like getting mad, like that's such an unproductive emotion. It's like, I just wonder, I mean, we're all human, right? So it's like, we kind of slip up, but it's like having the thought and then like bringing it back in as quickly as possible and just saying, okay, like Mm -hmm. the application was rejected instead of like panicking or getting mad, it's like, is there a way to resubmit it or a different way around this? You know, I mean, there's usually another way to do it. Or even if somebody's like rude or ugly to you, it's like, okay, well, what was I like? How could I do even though like, yes, they could have been in the wrong. Definitely. Like, I still think like it takes two. And like, and you don't know what someone else is going. Oh through. yeah, totally. To yeah, totally. It's like I used to. Now I'm sort of like it's not me. <laughs> well, especially if you're living Most in New York, time. it's like yeah. people you see like random people all the time, and they know they're never going to see you again. So yeah, like, you definitely can't yeah. take anything um, like personally. Sure. So like, not taking yeah. things personally is so key, but also just like you know if if somebody is rude or something, it's like, okay, yes, it's about them. But like, you know, I want to know how to, because that like, not in the subway necessarily, but like, let's say if it's in a work situation or something, right. Like, and you're going to interact with these people again and again, like if they're like talking down to me or if they say something like rude to me, like, okay, yeah, they're a jerk, but what could I do next time? Like to not, bring out that reaction that person because a lot of these people that do that like if they're acting that way they're just looking they're already in a mood and they're looking for somebody to take it out on so like oh yeah so like how do you like not like bring that out in them next time like it totally was like them but like 
you kind of directed to you by doing something like there's something yeah. you did, even if it was like so innocent. And that's another thing that I teach people. It's like my clients, it's like, what kind of little, they don't have to be codependent signals, even though I kind of call them codependent signs. Like, what are you giving off that's telling people it's okay to mistreat you? You know, no, it's that's smart. I think most of the time you don't have boundaries and you're allowing it or you're making excuses. I find that for me personally, um, just to disclose, I, I find that like, if I feel like the person's pulling away, then I overgive. I'll give more of myself and I give, give, give. And then that starts that pattern of people, that person or whomever is the subject in that scenario to take and take and that not give me because I'm giving them and they don't have to give because I'm giving regardless. And then, then it's up to me to pull back and then terminate, <laughs> you know, um, or not. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm much more self-aware of, of that. Um, I think I become extra nice if someone's extra mean because I try to try to not win them over, but I, I don't know. I guess that's something for it's a trigger yeah we all have them totally i'm sorry oh um yeah it's a learned behavior it's a trigger we all have triggers you know we all have our like default responses that we go to and like just being able to identify it like you just did in ourselves and knowing like okay is this like really what i want to happen like being able to like dissect it like that and change it is so important like that's that's awesome thank you well i'm an i'm a grad student myself in psychology i didn't happen overnight (laughs) (laughs) and so i like that and just going to therapy i've been like very self-aware that that is definitely a toxic pattern that i'm working to correct so we only have a few minutes left we're actually over but I want to. I want to ask you. Tell us about your new healthy relationship, if you can. Um, just kind of sum up what that's like and how you met that person and all of that. I'm guessing because you now have obviously much more self aware and you're much healthier place mentally um, and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so I had actually said. Okay. So I had actually um, kind of gotten out of a relationship, like a few months before I met him and Uh I wasn't really looking for anyone new. Like I'd actually said, okay, Mm -hmm. I need to take some time for myself. I'm not going to be like always jumping into the next relationship, which was honestly a really bad habit I'd had in the past, you know, and that, that can lead to, well, (laughs) having to write a book like I did. Um, But I, I actually was bald. So my boyfriend and I are both veterans and oh that's nice yeah and so we met um we both belong to an American Legion and we met that way and most of the people um they are well there's a lot of men so ladies like (laughs) if you're a veteran like there's definitely way more men there but a lot of the times like they are married so I didn't go there to meet a man this time but I did um I did join like for community like I was kind of new to the area still it was when I you know um recently moved and so I 
you know, the American Legion is about like community and volunteering and raising money and doing fundraisers for good causes. And I wanted to be a part of something like that. And so, you know, just meeting someone through like a good cause and community like that, when you're kind of like in a positive mindset, not like, oh, I, you know, like, I feel like sometimes when you know, I wasn't pressured. That's I wasn't really pressured to meet somebody, somebody at all. Like That's I wasn't awesome. looking, like I wasn't looking, yeah. I wasn't pressured. And so I think that was a big part of it. Like it kind of happened like organically, like I kind of, you know, saw them around at like, um, you know, the meetings and like the fundraisers. And it was like, I kind of like talked to this, you know, I was talking to him and we kind of had fun together. He's a lot older than me. So it wasn't like someone I would normally have like honed in on but we got along so well we started kind of like you know hanging out one-on-one and so it sort of just grew from there awesome that's nice that sounds like a lovely lovely way to meet somebody i'm really happy for you um hopefully it will continue to flourish right yeah and you know it's only gotten better like so it's like after being in so many toxic relationships like you're gonna have triggers and the person you're with like if it's the same for them too or something similar like they might not have had a great relationship in the past like they might have some of that too so like being um really patient with each other and just what you know loving no knowing that they're coming from a good place like of course they can't be a narcissist that's just not gonna work but like knowing no, that they're right <laughs> <laughs> but knowing that they're like yeah. loving like even if they do say something like that might not be so nice like talking it out with them like that is you know just having someone that's willing to work with you and talk it out and wanting to improve with you is just so key that's great happy for you we all hope to have that everyone listening here on the race for the ring so tell everyone listening where they can find you christy piper and where is your book available it's on amazon is that right yeah so um you can find me on my website christypiper.com that's c-h-r-i-s-t-y p-i-p-e-r.com my book you know is available on amazon you can find out more information on my website about my coaching as well Um, if you've had toxic relationships whether it's you know partners and you can't seem to like get over that um get out of that pattern like i definitely help people Mm -hmm. a lot with that um as well as like even just workplace relationships and just you know helping helping people become healthier in general and getting out of those toxic patterns because we don't realize how much it affects every single aspect of our life. Yeah, it's very true. Very, very true. You're doing great work and we appreciate it. So thank you. I appreciate you. All right. Thank you so much, Mindy. It's been great talking with you. Likewise. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. Today's episode was produced by Liz Hartshorn and edited by Danielle Gordon. I so appreciate your ear and insight. And if you like today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast. Just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death. Be sure to check out my new book, You Don't Need to Be a Bitch to Be a Boss. It's available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. And say hi to me on Instagram. I'm at Mindy.Barnett. See you next week. Bye-bye.